folks? This is your host, Tammy Turner, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic, whether they be singers, actors, dancers, imagineers, animators, they all have made their mark on the Disney name. To find out more about the show and other episodes, head to our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Be sure to look below at the show notes in the Show More section for links to our Twitter and Facebook pages, including videos and websites mentioned in the following interview. Photos and audio clips that are featured in the show belong to their rightful owners and are only used for educational purposes only. All guests' opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or of the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thanks again for tuning in and have a hoopty doo day! And we would like to welcome Dave Bosser to the show. First, let me congratulate you on the publication of this great book, Remembering Roy E. Disney, Memories and Photos of a Storied Life. Thank you very much. Is this your first book that you've ever written before? Yeah, this is, this is you know, I've, I've written articles and pieces and whatnot uh, over the years, but I've never written a book, and this was the first, uh, the first one, and, and, and I'm actually already working on a second one, and I have a couple other ideas that I'll be pitching in the future, so I, I, I've, I've sort of jokingly referred to myself as an accidental author because I, I never really had planned on it. Uh, it's just kind of happened, and, and I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. Oh, that's very exciting because in the book you mentioned that you picked up a book about how to write a book. I thought that was really fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and and you know something, I, I really wanted to put that, that little bit in there about it because it, it kind of speaks to people because there's so many people out there that go, oh, I, I could never do that or – I, I, oh, that that's not that's I that's impossible. I I I don't know anything about that. But there's so much information out in the world that if you want to do something and you don't know anything about it, you can you can find out the information and find out what you need to do and be able to uh, actually do it. And that and that little story is proof of it because I never knew how to write a book and I didn't know anything about the publishing world. And um, you know to to get a a, a book on how to write a book and to be able to learn something from it and then not only that um you know walk away and say oh well you know the book suggested doing an introduction and a sample chapter so i can do that and i wrote those and those are largely in the book and I use those to pitch to uh, a wonderful editor and publishing executive, uh, Wendy Lefcon, and uh, and she, you know, she gave me, uh, you know, this incredible education on how the publishing world works while I was doing this book. So uh, it was just a really positive experience for me. So much so that when I 
turned in the first draft of the manuscript uh, for for Wendy to go through, and and the way the process works is they they you know the editor goes through it and then comes back to you with notes and questions and suggestions on you know why don't you move this over here and this over there and you know organizing the book and stuff and uh, uh, while they were coming up with those notes and going through that first uh, draft of the manuscript, I wound up writing up a treatment on a second book, which I presented and, and pitched to her, and uh, she went uh, went to her folks, uh, went through the internal process, and, and they said they loved the idea and they wanted to do that book too. So I'm working on a second book. And did you think that it was such a great reception at D23? Were you really surprised at uh, how many Disney fans were there? To, to some degree, I'm like, yeah, it's always a nice surprise to see people show up to your presentation, but uh, it was just really heartwarming to, to see the book get received so well. In fact, uh, uh, last week I was out on the Disney Vacation Club uh, charter cruise on the Disney Dream. And we did two presentations and a book signing on board the ship. And it was just so wonderful to get the actual one-on-one feedback from people. And um, uh, and and that's it's just made me feel good. I mean, I I even this morning went to Amazon to to just look to see if there were any reviews. And it's it's all five-star reviews, so people are are enjoying the book. And and that's really gratifying to me because you know again being a first-time book author and you know. You, you you don't know what to expect, you know, and I really wrote this book from my heart. There really wasn't a lot written about Roy. You know, I, I, I think it was uh, definitely um, something that, you know, needed to be done. And he was always a kind of the behind-the-scenes guy like his dad, Roy Oliver Disney, was. And uh, I think it was just you know, appropriate to try and shine a little bit of a spotlight on the guy um, because of all of his accomplishments. Now, do you recall the first time that you met Roy E. Disney? Gosh, you know, I've been asked that question before, and honestly, it has to be back in 84-ish, I think, because I remember... Uh, you know, he had resigned from the board and was outside the company uh, working on bringing in new management. And when he came back to the studio, um, you know, we, I, you know, everybody in the animation department at the time signed this, you know, framed picture of him, signed the mat, which is actually in the book. Uh, it's a yellow mat around the picture. And, uh, and I I know around that time I was probably when I first met him you know where I you know introduced myself and shook his hand uh, but I didn't really get to know him that well until we got really into the uh, early 90s uh, and that's when I started to get to know him uh, quite well and uh, and then on Fantasia 2000 we got fairly close because that was a project I worked on for five years and he was the executive producer on it. So you did work on several projects with Roy over the years. So was Fantasia one of your favorites that sticks out in your mind, or is there another project? You, you know, to me, uh, I mean, Fantasia is very near and dear to my heart for the amount of time I spent working on it, and also partially because it's a non-commercial project. It's a, it's really a, um, 
what I what I like to say is art for art's sake. You know, it was a, an, a, a you know the whole Fantasia franchise to me is a celebration uh, of of art and music uh, and, and the and the animation art form. And um, and so you know there there there's something very special I think about the whole Fantasia uh, 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 property from the standpoint that um, it is a celebration of the art and, and not so much as a commercial venture, if you will. And um, but you know I, I had the opportunity to work on some other short projects and and Destino's the other one that really stands out for me because it was really sort of completing a piece of uh, company history um you know you had two uh two really renowned uh 20th century artists Walt Disney and Salvador Dali uh who came together and worked on a short film that ultimately didn't get made in 1946 for a variety of reasons and uh and to go uh, you know essentially uh five five or so decades later um and be able to be a part of the team that actually helped complete that film was a was a complete thrill and and it was really it was all because of roy uh Roy was the one that that thought hey you know this should be finished and and that and that was a great experience and the fact that it got nominated for an academy award and then i you know i relayed the story about going to the in and out burger after the academy 2004 academy awards yeah that's one of the uh, chapter titles destino and the academy awards so uh did you have yeah. a specific chapter in the book that you really really enjoyed uh writing or covering you know i i actually just enjoyed writing uh, the entire book, and I also really enjoyed talking with some colleagues and interviewing some people and extracting some stories out of them that could be included in the book because it really, you know, again, it, it wasn't just me celebrating Roy. It was, it was just, you know, it was, it was a celebration of Roy, and I wanted to include uh, uh, other people that, that knew and had worked with Roy over the years, including Peter Schneider and Tom Schumacher, who were really the, the two key executives in charge of Walt Disney Animation Studios during the 90s, uh, during that sort of renaissance of animation that was really sparked by, um, uh, you know, by by Roy uh, essentially protecting the animation group when the new management came in. And how did you go about finding some of the photos that are featured in the book? Because it seems like some of them are very personal photos that only family and friends would have had. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly it. I mean, you know, there's uh, there's photos that I had had in you know in my scrapbooks and and photo albums, and I got uh, you know the family was very uh, very generous with sharing some some of their personal photos. Uh, the uh, um, uh, Roy's widow Leslie was very kind and gave me a bunch of uh, pictures. Uh, Robbie Haynes who uh, was uh, the production manager for Roy's sailboat, the Piwacket, uh, w- was real kind with sending me a bunch of the sailing photos, and Roy Patrick gave me some sailing photos, and and you know I like I said I had photos, and I kind of you know I got a caricature from John Musker, and you know you kind of catch as catch can. There were some photos from the company uh, that we put in there that people may or may not have seen before, but I really wanted to have it be a little bit more of a scrapbook and uh, collection of stories.
essays as opposed to a biography. And, and as I said in the introduction, it's not a biography, but it does give you, I think it gives somebody who didn't know anything about Roy, it gives them this sort of, I, I think, a little well-rounded view of who he was as a human being. And some of those photos you got to show on your uh, D23 Disney presentation, and uh, they yeah. got to hear you and Roy Patrick Disney, Roy E. Disney's son, talk about the book. And you stated that you found out that the book was going to be released on September 17th, which was the anniversary of Roy's first wedding to his uh, first wife, Patricia. Uh, did you ever That's find correct. out? Did you ever find out who made that suggestion of the release of the book no, on that specific date? No, I, I, I honestly, it was it was it was it was. It was a complete happenstance you know it just it, it, there, there was no rhyme or reason except that that was the date they were going to publish the book and nobody knew that it was Roy and Patty's wedding anniversary so it was just a happy accident if you will that's so sweet I think that they would have loved that <laughs> yeah and and by the way, none of us none of us knew uh, in, until I told Roy Pat. I said, "Oh, okay, we've got a date. It's September seventeenth. The book is going to launch." And he goes, "Oh, that's mom and dad's wedding anniversary." I'm like, "Wow, wow that's awesome!" You know, so it's a small world, so to speak. <laughs> Yes, it really is. So uh, Roy accomplished uh, so many things while working at the Disney Company, and he saved it two times. And I'm sure that there are plenty of stories that did not get to make it into the final copy of Remembering yes. Roy E. Disney, Memories yes. and Photos of a Storied Life. So are there any plans to create a Disney documentary about Roy's achievements throughout his life, including a look into his personal life? You know, I, I not at this time, but I wouldn't rule it out for the future. And and the other thing is that uh, I I'm toying with the idea of writing in a uh, sort of a companion volume uh, to this one. Uh, in fact, I was talking with Roy Patrick Disney about it last week because he keeps nudging me to do a sequel, as he calls it. And <laughs> uh, and and one of the things that I completely left out for the I, I mentioned it here or there, but but I I, I left out the chapter itself was Fantasia, uh, mm -hmm. two thousand. I I didn't I didn't put a chapter in there, and I did that consciously because. You know, I had a lot of stories from Fantasia 2000, and uh, and I have uh, just uh, an enormous amount of pictures. I think I have five photo albums of pictures, uh, and so I thought maybe that I would, you know, do a follow-up, a companion volume to this book in a couple of years' time that that kind of delves more into Fantasia 2000 and that period, and 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 add in stories from other people than those that I've already interviewed, um, you know, that, that knew Roy and had some fun stories. So. Because I know that the Disney fan community really appreciates the very underrated films like Fantasia 2000 and Fantasia, sure. and also the fact that they have the doc documentary Walt, the Man Behind the Myth that Diane Disney Miller um, made, um, right. and they also have the Richard Sherman Brothers one, and then they have Frank and Ollie. I don't think a lot of people understand how Roy was such a big impact. And again, as I'm going to say with um, the uh, the Waking Sleeping Beauty, I don't think his story was covered enough in that. And of course, there's so much to tell, and and and, and there's so little time. So you have a book like that, uh, and and you have a, a film. You know, again, uh, you know, with Roy, uh, he never really. I don't think he ever felt comfortable in the limelight. Never really wanted to be out there in the front. 
but he was really the guy behind the scenes that was making it all happen. And you know, I think a lot of the I was telling the 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 uh, the fans on the cruise ship last week that you know we're we're sitting on this massive ocean liner, this beautiful boat called the Disney Dream, and and it it really is in you know uh, it, it's because of the decisions that that Roy Edward Disney made in the living room of his home in North Hollywood in 1983, you know, that this company has just grown and exploded the way it has over the last, you know, nearly 30 years. And, you know, at that time, back then, there were some financiers from Wall Street circling the company, and they were just going to carve it up. They were going to sell the film library off and sell the parks off and sell off the real estate holdings and uh, and just walk away with a tidy profit. And and I think you know Roy Roy sat there and wasn't going to let that happen to his to the family business or the family legacy. And thank goodness he didn't let it just happen. He took a stance right. two times. So. Exactly. A big exactly. thank you to him on that, and um, and yeah. I, this book really did open up new doors for me to see that yes, this man did it because I remember seeing him on VHS tapes, you know, promoting a new film like Snow White, the re-release of that, and I got, even though I never met the man, it was so nice to see that he did really carve out many things for the Disney company. And thank you so much for putting it all down in a book. That's re- we were I really I think everybody everybody really appreciates it, not just me, but <laughs> well, it's my it's my pleasure and it's uh, and like I said I'm I'm just so pleased that that people are enjoying it and and are are getting something out of it and and, and seeing you know more of who who he was and what he did and uh, and it's it's just a real pleasure for me. I'm just so proud that uh, that people are 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 speaking so nicely about it. And so I want to end with uh, I have three fun questions. They're called the Donald, Goofy, and Mickey questions. So they're okay. all they're all about your opinion. Okay. So here's the first one. Was there a Disney film that is just one of your favorites as a child? Yeah, I, I think I think for me it's Pinocchio. Uh, I I think it's probably you know, the pinnacle of, of the animation art form, and it's probably one of the most beautifully animated films that has, has ever been made uh, to date. I, I, you know, there's a lot of great animated films, but for me, Pinocchio is just uh, a, a beautiful, beautiful film and, and just has resonated with me, and, uh, uh, you know, as, as does the music in it. What Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Gosh, uh, probably Goofy because um, because I know Bill Farmer who does the voice of Goofy. In fact, I I took a bike ride around Castaway Key with him uh, last uh, uh, I think it was last Monday. Oh, really? Very cool. Uh, He's yeah, so nice. And, and, <laughs> And, and, and he he he's my voicemail message on my office phone. Uh, <laughs> I was recording him one day for a project, and at the end, I said, "Hey, Bill, would you do my voicemail?" He's, "Oh, sure," you know. And he went he went into, "Oh, you you've reached the office of Dave Bossard. He's not in right now, but if you if you leave a name name and number, I'm sure he's going to call you back because that's just the kind of guy he is." <laughs> it's it really need, kind of fun. If they ever need to call in a substitute for Goofy, I think they should call you. Dave. 
safe. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be great. That was uh, a really good impression. I can't do anything like that. <laughs> and my last question for you is if I asked you to name any Disney song at this moment, what comes to mind? Well, you know, I think the the, the song... The song that always jumps to mind when you think about Disney is When You Wish Upon a Star, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I I hear that song, and it, it just evokes uh, just warm memories uh, throughout my lifetime that, are, that have some sort of Disney, you know, component to them. And, uh, you know, out of all the songs, though, I mean, I, you can't hang, I can't personally hang my hat on any one song. I mean, Wish Upon a Star is great, but then, uh, you know, if you listen to I See the, uh, See the Light from Tangled, I mean, that's just such a beautiful and powerful song. Uh, but then, you know, you go into Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin or, you know, Little Mermaid. I mean, you know, Disney is just has such a, a magnificent catalog of music. And then, you know, I was with Richard uh, Richard Sherman last week who was on the boat with us. And, you know, you sit there and think of, you know, Feed the Birds and, you know, all these wonderful songs that he wrote. It's just, you know... It, it, it's it's hard, you know, and so to me, wish upon a star encapsul encapsulates that, you know, it, it encapsulates all of that into you know into one, you know, uh, one song that that just evokes that 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 flood of memories. I thank you so much for being on the show, Dave. I appreciate it, and good luck on your next book. I, I hope to get to interview you for that one too. It, I I'm very excited to read it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, and and I hope that you and anybody who reads the book, if you really like it a lot, put a review up on Amazon for us, and and just get the word out there because I think you know Roy Roy deserves the uh, recognition for everything he did. My pleasure to introduce the home video debut of one of the greatest triumphs of my Uncle Walt's filmmaking career, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the very first full-length...